Welcome to the Mega Man's podcast with your host, Stephen Martinez, aka Mega Man. This is episode 227. I just want to say Happy New Year. This is the first, first uh, episode for 2022. And um, I got a special guest, and uh, we're going to talk a lot of stuff in the end. But uh, this person who I'm bringing on has a really good story. Um, I've been following her for a minute. And uh, my guest for this episode is Ashley. What is up, girl? Hello, good evening to all your viewers and to all your new viewers. I am Ashley, aka Babsy on Instagram. How are you doing this evening, Mega Man? Chilling, chilling. You know what? I'm just kind of like, I'm just glad I got a day off today at work. I've been working my ass off. I mean, I haven't done a podcast in three months and I wanted to get you on. You have a good story. I mean, there's so much to talk about. But um, before I start this episode, I just want to say, how was your day today? Today, it, it started a bit dreary. It was raining earlier in Long Beach this morning. And at first, I had a little sad feelings. But then I had to turn around and had, have a positive attitude today. Because one thing about myself is that I, I determine when I, I am in, in dark thoughts and I want to turn them always around to have a better outlook and and not think those things. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to evolve from, you know, just the, the bad thinking. I just want to turn them into good feelings. And, 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 we, and, and that's good because a lot of people are going through um, mental awareness. You know, there's a lot of things. We all have bad pasts or flaws and everything. And we always, whatever negative, whatever stuff that we've been through, it's a lesson learned. It will never happen again. We'll never do this again. And we can make that negative into a positive and we can just better ourselves, you know. Um, I know it's been kind of hard for a lot of people because of these last two years of these mandates, these COVID, people that we lost and everything. These were times to reflect of who we really are and find ourselves more. And I'm kind of glad, not to say this in a fucked up way, I'm kind of I'm kind of glad certain things happen because you see people's true colors. This is to me was a reset button to think like, okay, I'm always been me, but what am I doing wrong? And to me, it was, this is a reset button for me to be like, okay, I got to get my shit in order. I got to do this. I got to do that. And I'm kind of glad um, I'm in a better place now. Absolutely. Last year, personally, for me, was very much a roller coaster ride, mm-hmm. not only of events, mm-hmm. but also emotions and uh, adaptation, having to uh, adjust to different living environments. Um, when I got back here to California last year, I came back to Victorville, which is where my grandmother lives. Mm-hmm. and. Uh, I've lived with her before, and uh, she's such a beautiful lady, and uh, she's just one person that I could always count on uh, there to be there for me. Mm-hmm. She's super cool, huh? Very cool. I mean, she has a nice house, and uh, she's just so warm and welcoming, and mm-hmm. from the time that I got out of uh, a situation I was in currently, she she was there for me. That's awesome. It, and, you know, it... it it's good to have family to depend on to when things don't go your way we have people to turn to to help us and to guide us and you know we you know when people always say oh hey mega man hey ashley i got your back where are they at 
I mean, it, it really it takes a really good person to really be there for you and support you. Because, you know, we all can be in, you know, in situations where it's very fragile for us. And we need that. We need that love. We need that affection. We need that like, hey, Megan, man, it's going to be okay, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got to say, my grandmother, she tells it like it is. She she don't give me any bullshit for anything. Like, anything she tells me, you know, Ashley, you, you messed up there. Like, uh, I, I don't I don't know why you made that decision, but you should have known better. But you need people like that. <laughs> well, well the, exactly exactly that. And and that's why, like, you have to keep it real with the people, people in your life. Because, like, otherwise, like you're just living through fear you're living through insecurity you're living through like all the things that you just you don't want to be oh yeah let me ask you let me ask you a question why is it that there's people out there that they they want fake honesty they don't want honesty blunt it's like hey i'm gonna i'm gonna, i love you i'm gonna keep it 100 with you but they i think in a way they're just too soft too weak or they don't want to hear the the realness well the realness sweetheart is what everybody needs to hear but there's also choices Mm -hmm. they have a choice to hear but it's their choice that they don't want to hear us out and that's why they get aggravated and they feel that they're personally attacked it's like I always feel that with when people always say, like, you know, Mega Man, you're just too honest. Like, the way how you come out, it's like, well, that's just how I am. It's like, would you rather me be honest with you or be fake honest with you? And just say, like, hey, what do you think about this? Oh, yeah, that's hella cool, but nah. Uh-uh. No, I, I don't believe in, in round and round stories. Do not do not beat around the bush. Uh, your inner circle should always... Uh, always revolve around trust and and an honesty and you got to be in the best communication with everybody mm-hmm. because otherwise there is confusion that there, there is uh toxicity that there is um you see a lot of that. misconduct you see a lot misconduct of that. you know people handling situations not right and and that's just it you, you people out there we need to have better grasp on not only our our, our mental um, abilities to handle situations but physical as well oh wow a lot a lot damn okay so you gotta you gotta have a balance of everything yes yes and that's where i see a lot i think a lot of people are having a hard time adjusting to balancing with physical emotion you know just everything and even what's going on in the world today is just too much chaos, too much on social media, too much info when you're trying to hurry up and try to gather all the information. And sometimes it could be just way too much to handle. Well, uh, this is personally, I have not been on social media in over eight years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have only accounted from the last time on Facebook via 2000. 10 2011 mm-hmm. and uh that was a time where i i did get into a relationship and then ended up getting married and uh that was just something that was not in either personally my interest nor uh the spouse at the time not not mm-hmm. his interest mm-hmm. um as as well for social reasons mm-hmm. uh because um there were just people that did not like 
us together or they disagreed that mm-hmm. they, they didn't want us mm-hmm. to be seen together. Oh, wow. I, uh, yeah, so it, it was either jealousy or... Envy. Envy, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it was what it was. And you know, I, I hate it when, 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 when you see people happy, give them, show them some love. Give, show us, you know, hey, 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 that's awesome. But we're living in a day of age where my homeboy, shouts to Long Beach Carls, he said, like, you know, social media is the devil's playground. And, you know, he's like, no matter if you try to do good or not, you're shiny, there's always going to be a person who's going to be hating on you. Be like, man, fuck that guy. I don't want to see him happy. Fuck you. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> It's one of those things where... Maybe they weren't loved. I don't know. I, I, I don't feel a lot of people uh, get to experience genuine happiness in their lives. It, if it's, it's, it's an illusion that people like to base off of a lot of... A lot of other things that are not actually real. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, for instance, like media and uh, uh, depictions of uh, what your happiness should be. And uh, where you're... Um, where that measurement is mm. it's 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 a lot mm, of, between it is a, a bit of like self-taught uh, not even just self-taught but upbringing you know taught in your environment but also what you're exposed to like yeah. a, you know you just need to understand at some point on like how much are you going to take in of it and you're going to just accept it like almost be be the robotic person that's going to receive all the information and just take it and just not explore outside of that mm-hmm. um I, I have come from uh we'll just say a time where i i was a very a very tender uh time where i got to experience a bit of both of that where i i got to be exposed to mainstream media music but at the same time very underground and subcultural music and that's where my love for music mm-hmm. has been infinite always it is is the one thing that brings me comfort mm-hmm. uh, if it if it's um if i were to have a relationship that would be m- a number one relationship with something that isn't something i can physically touch but i can i can hear it and it, and, and it reaches me in so many ways where there's nothing else that could have compared at some times that could have been just music comforting me than a, another human being. Yeah, I, I, music has always been a big plus, you know. Um, I, there's sometimes there's a lot of music that you can listen to, like, like I, I can tell that person was going through, that lady was going through. Or sometimes maybe there's certain music where maybe it's talking about me. It's something where I can feel like it's a pick-me-up. But at the same time, there there might be some songs. It might get a little dark because of some stuff. Oh, but, absolutely. But I love music. It's I, and the thing I like is um, <laughs> there the music that you were showing me or expressing that this is the type. I was like, man, this is badass. <laughs> and you know, you got the the ska music, the reggae from. It's just mixture of Jamaica, like England, like mixed all that stuff, and it, I don't know what is this. Feel like your collection of music was very unique, and I liked it. And it was like, well, this is badass. It, it, you just feel like like a good fucking positive energy. Well, that's where I fell in love. Uh, well, from 
from the beginning, um, I was a child that was always engaged in activities that regarded either entertainment or uh, phys physical ability, uh, vocal ability. Um, I, I was a child that was raised to pretty much be an entertainer. Mm -hmm. uh, and with that being said, uh, I did engage in a lot of things that uh, were exercising those abilities. I'll say, though, Ashley was a very stubborn kid, and she didn't like to practice. So. No, really? <laughs> I'm like, oh, so, like, I just, you know, oh, Ashley, go to singing lessons, you know. Okay, I'm going to singing lessons, but I had to do the, you know, the, the different piano exercises and everything. I'm just mm -hmm. like, okay, okay, you know, doing this, but it is work. It's a lot of work to to maintain the, those muscles or or those skills. I mean, either you be a singer, a dancer, a, an actor. You, you have to constantly be Renaissance in training. Woman. You have Renaissance, to, Renaissance Well, you have to constantly be in training. So, and that was, to me, as a kid, well, I mean, I'm not saying exhausting, because I could do that. I mean, hey, it, it was fun when, when I wanted to do it and when I had, like, you know, hey, like, I, I had the good fourth effort in doing it, but... At times, I'm like, oh, I don't want to practice or, you know, I don't want to do that. So I, I'm like, yeah, I did give up on it. But here's the thing. It, it, just because you stopped practicing at something doesn't mean you lost your gift. You just need to, you know, whip it back into shape. What did you grow up at? I was born in uh, Montebello, California at the hospital Kaiser Permanente. Mm -hmm. uh, but I was actually raised in West Covina. Nice. Uh, so I'm from the SGV. I was, um, let's see, for about my first 11 years of my life, I was living there in West Covina via La Puente. Um, my mother was a grocery checker at a market, a very nice job, very consistent. She loved what she did. She loved customer service. It was, mm -hmm. it was her thing. And then my, my father was an independent business owner. Mm -hmm. He ran a, an auto insurance agency that he opened up, um, like at the age of 24, 25 years old, like, mm -hmm. you know, very young, successful couple, mm -hmm. like very outstanding. They, they had very good stuff going for them. Mm -hmm. I, I really liked their example mm -hmm. uh, at a certain time. The, when you were little, what can you think of, like, the good old days? Like, what did you like <laughs> to do for fun when you were little? Okay, my, my fun was uh, going to Disneyland. So uh, we would have passes. And this is, this is the good old days, like, during the 90s. So, like, With internet or before internet? Uh, this is during, okay, this is during internet, but think of like the 90s of between uh, 93 to 97. Oh, before internet then. Uh, there's still internet, but... But, but it was I'm... American Online. You had to get the fucking <laughs> dial up and shit. Yes. Like, hey, don't touch it. I gotta use a phone call. <laughs> well, yes, but yes, that, that was my earliest days going to Disneyland, and that was my, my favorite venture. I'd love to you know, be there with my mom and my dad. And my dad was there uh, always with his, like, big old 1990s camcorder he yeah, had on man. his shoulder, just, like, filming everything that's going on at the time. Because, mm -hmm. you know, it was exciting. He um, he is originally from Mexico City, uh, Mexico, 
and uh, he hadn't been raised with those types of uh, amusements. He he was grown up really poor. He didn't have much. Um, yeah. The they came here in like the early eighties, uh, so he was uh, he was raised here like a teenager uh, at like high school level. Oh, sure. Yeah, so he he was he was known of English like when he came over, but it, it just got better when he was in high school. Because imagine there, like you know, that the eighties in Montebello, California. Imagine like okay, Party this is city. okay, okay. This is like you know the, the the time of like taps and like you know those kind of like disco eighties music, you know cha cha music, you mm-hmm. know, and and um, uh, they were jocks. Um, he he was an athlete, and so was my mom. She she liked to engage in a lot of sports activities, and that's how they they clicked up. They oh, wow. they they were in swimming together. Damn. Yeah, so they were in speedos. Swimming. Oh yeah, he has a good dick. Okay, cool. Um, uh, I think <laughs> no my homo. my mom would hate me for giving you that story. <laughs> so we'll just say speedos, um, turquoise speedos, and a sturdy baby. The reason why I say the reason why I say that for the reason why I say that for when I used to, when I used to live up north and uh, with the yearbooks, I had uh, my cousins. You know, they were all in swimming too, playing water polo and swimming. My fucking, I'm not gonna mention. You know who you are, girl. My cousin. She was like, "Damn, that guy, that guy has a big dick." Like, what the fuck, man? What the fucking speedos, man? What the fuck, man? She always looked. She was sky crazy. I was like, "Damn, man, I guess." But that, that was just like there was something. I was like, I was thinking about what my cousin. She was a little pervert, dude. But yeah, it's okay. It, the past is the past. But you know that's what you do. But it, it's uh, like they were both they were both athletes and. You know, and they got together, then they got married, then then they had you. Nah, I came before the marriage, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and my mother wore one of those like really tacky eighties dresses with like the huge ass puff sleeves and God like damn. had like all all the beads and embroidered like damn. all the way down like like glove the glovettes 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 and and like the the headdress with the big o of veil and everything I, I swear if you looked at it you'd be like is this a madonna video she may be fool like shoot let's go find like that dress we got <laughs> Touch for the very first. Oh no! But you could, you could see like uh like little old me just just poking out just beneath. But she still looks so beautiful and like, uh, yeah. That they they had a good thing going. Yeah, they I, did. They you show did. me you show me some pictures. Like your mom was in a pageant. Oh yes, my my mother from early age. She's, uh, she's been very much uh, an individual that enjoys uh, entertainment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe absolutely within herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she really is a unique individual. Uh, she's I, I, she used to tell me so much stories about herself, but you know I like to hear stories about her coming from um, other relatives. My grandmother, mm-hmm. my grandmother, like she always tells me like things of like when little Deanna, she used to do things when she was little and like how she'd, you know, try to be entertaining or if not, sometimes she would try to be entertaining. But unfortunately, you know, when you got an older brother or something, they're just annoyed by the little sister, you know, type of <laughs> dynamic, you know, she's just trying to be, be there and like trying to connect with him, but she's just trying to go behind the couch and pounce on him but like. yeah so a lot of so a lot of people don't know who your mom is can, can you tell people who what you what your mom does yes 
My mother name is Deanna Malay and she is a SAG actress of over 20 years. Uh, she has been involved in a lot of uh, not only film projects but also a lot of humanitarian like pro projects. Um, we were speaking about beating pageants and that type of industry she was early on she's also been an educator she, she at one time she was a, a preschool teacher oh she, my mom's a preschool teacher <laughs> yeah like just yeah. some some okay. random factoids she's she's done a lot of uh very interesting things throughout her life and uh, she still uh, does not fail to amaze me in the things that she does and she she excels at mm. so well mm -hmm. yeah so what is she doing now like i know she's in productions promoting yes, uh, yes. so and... right now she is uh, promoting a series called ghetto busters and this series is about a very unconventional um, unconventional group of superheroes that are uh the mix of uh Cheech and Chong meets uh, the Three Stooges. They they are just like all kinds of like uh, weird and uh, like four twenty friendly fun oh, and, tell you that. and and mixed kind of like mess messed up like situations and you know trying to you know solve everything but they just mess up the end of the day. <laughs> it's just like a, a big old like laugh fest of them trying to do the best they can but they just mess up everything and end up spending hot mom's money which is deanna molay on the series hot mom uh they just uh they spend all her money on all new gadgets on all their um things that they want to do all the ghetto busting with i mean uh if you haven't seen the series it's it's, it's on tubi like it's for free hilarious. right i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna tell you something uh i'm not trying to be a homer or kiss ass i'll, I'll be honest when you this is a fucking like pothead movie i mean pothead movie boy it could be a movie it could be a show but when you get really smoked out you when you watch those uh those episodes i i like i like skits you can say oh you you can tell if you're high as fuck i'm gonna tell you something shots to martin moreno homie why are you so aggressive dude <laughs> <laughs> you're always aggressive Hi. i'm gonna get you fucker i know mama's oh. way <laughs> you got big citrate and you got concrete there's a lot of good people and um you know i seen a, i seen um a lot of people on on social media like tagging it it's a it's a good uh i don't like the use of term latino television show it's it's a good well-rounded television show for the masses who are not too sensitive exactly that's <laughs> what i was trying to say because i try not to use that term latino because it's more no. like to it can me, be, it's for anybody. Yeah, yeah, it's for any. I like. Yeah. To, I'd say it's it's an awesome show for us. Yeah, and I like it. It's cool, and it's like it's like the people that we know. It's like oh shit, you know, and uh, <laughs> it's wildly inappropriate, but at the same time, you really can find humor from the ranges mm -hmm. with this show like that there's there's stuff in there that's dry there's stuff in there that's like quirky there's stuff in there sarcastic. that's sar sarcastic as heck or you know just stupid kooky like like what the hell am i watching for yeah. like 10 seconds i'm it's, telling you you have to watch it when you're smoked yes, out high yeah. 
You know me when we watched it together, bro. I was like, this is hilarious. It was hilarious. It was so much fun. It, like really, I I did tell you and and tell you my experience when when I first turned on the television and I I saw it on Tubi and I saw that like the little Ghetto Busters poster. Ghetto Busters. Good Ghetto Busters. Good Ghetto Busters. Like. Hey, that that stuff freaking slap like you know the intro and like and you're on you, it too? you get you get booty and you're you on get... it and you're on it too. Hey, yeah, I'm I'm your liquor liquor store grocer. You gotta come to me for all the good snacks, all the hot churros. So, with your mom's production, um, with. Get, I know your mom's focus on Ghetto Busters. I like the show. It's awesome. I think it's it's in a test run because of the, you want to see what the people think. Is there any other project, uh, like any other projects your mom is doing? Yes. Uh, she's currently doing a project called The Product. And that is by Deanna Land Productions and Trick Six Films, uh-huh. which focuses on the subject of human trafficking. Okay. And also another upcoming film that's a little bit more on the suspenseful, bit scary side. It's called Vengeance. And uh, that is currently um, in production as well. And uh, the one of the actors in it is uh actually the actor that plays uh saw was it um jigsaw the movie, movie series for saw okay and uh yeah so that's gonna be pretty exciting awesome awesome yeah, so uh she's she's got really good projects going on she is absolutely a very hard-working person and she's just always on the grind mm-hmm. uh doing her thing uh, she just recently um, met Tommy Chong. She was just telling me all about it last night. She nice. Like, be, being all like, hey, you know, I got to meet him. I want some weed. <laughs> hey, well, you know, the the cannabis industry is definitely something that's booming right now. And oh. a, a lot of, oh, yeah. A lot of people are going to be a part of it at some time. And, you know... Um, I'm glad we're, we're going to get to that next topic is cannabis because um, ever since uh, a lot of people didn't know, like, hey, make a man, I didn't know you smoke weed. What's up with this pothead? <laughs> and um, I'm going to tell you something. Um, I've been, um, I don't, I don't, I like, I, I like to keep myself a little public, but a little private, but balanced. But I've been taking a lot of edibles, smoking a lot, you know, but I don't really post it. And, um, I think in a way I lost when I post that video having an awesome you know time. I think a lot of people were kind of little, a little bit on the on the offense. Like they felt very like, you know, it, I'll, I'll say this: there was I didn't know there was a family that listened to my podcast and they saw me as a role model. I don't see myself as a role model. I'm just me for me. But it's just like you don't make it, man. You hurt my heart, you know, because you smoke weed. I was like, what's up with that? Everyone's smoking weed, you know? Well, there there are still uh, thoughts, ideas, and, and a lot of traditions out there that people keep very near and dear to them. And uh, it, it doesn't matter if the times have changed. Some people either still stick to those types of and things. I used to, and, and I used to be anti. Mm. I want to be honest. I was anti. <laughs> I was anti. I was oh, like, yes, you know I, why? Because I was scared. Like, oh, man, I don't want to get fucked up and this, whatever. But I'm going to say, I'm going to tell you this. 
there's a lot of people now because once they once California passed a law to you know legalize marijuana and everything I was anti I know back in the I heard there was time where Joe Rogan was anti with weed until you know any and he looked down on Joey Coco Diaz. I was an example. I was like, fuck, I don't want to be like that. I'm not trying to smoke weed just to be cool. But I like to do it because it's it's sometimes in a way I'm so, how do you say, like over the place that I need to balance it out and be more relaxed. So that's why I was trying to smoke certain kind of weeds, you know, hear what's good. And I think we talked earlier, like the one that really calms me down is indica. Yes, yes. Uh, so there, there is a difference, definitely, and and it really uh, does take a good strain to balance you out as well. well it it does. It does, and I feel very relaxed, very chill. Mm-hmm. I don't stress because I think because uh, you know how I am. Um, my my life is very over the place, very busy, and I need to really relax because you know being a single father. You have a full-time job, a full-time podcaster. You're you're taking care of your priorities, being responsible, paying bills. I got two boys, and everything's riding on me. And there's times in a way it's like, fuck, I need a break, you know? So, So that's why I've been smoking, just relaxing and not stressing. I don't know what, but... One of my one of my friends gave me some weed. I was, I'm gonna tell you something. You smoke this shit, like indica. I'm gonna tell you something. The next day you feel like a hundred bucks. And I don't know what, but I feel like when I woke up, I was like, "Fuck this! Let's get this shit. Let's get it." Have you ever had smoke any kind of weed like that? Where it's like you just feel like, <laughs> "Fuck it, let's conquer the world." Oh uh, well, I've I've smoked some pretty pretty dank weed that tasted really really good, and when I smoked it, I felt like I was like seen either like those radioactive clouds or something that kind of vision where you, you yeah. almost see like technicolor a bit yeah. like it, it it's a bit messed up it's almost like a like the feeling before you pass out I, I don't know if you've ever had like a feeling before you like faint like you get like some kind of like weird red <laughs> and like in and out vision oh but, i make a man just go night night well exactly that well, <laughs> well, shoot, I, like, I, I get the weird dream trying to go to sleep <laughs> I'm telling you, oh I'm going to tell you, when, when Mega Man gets faded, <laughs> I get faded. I mean, I, I'm like, hey. but no, we're, we're going to keep that stuff off air. But I know, but I, I just like it. I just, I feel good. <laughs> I feel relaxed. And, and you're right when we were talking about earlier about the music, weed and music, like the certain, it just, you're in another world. Always. Always. Uh-huh. And, um. Uh, how did for you like smoking? It, you love it. You just love it. I've been smoking since I was fourteen years old. Oh wow! Yeah, well, I, but, but not but not consistently. What made you get started? I always get curious with people who. Oh, my start first out. story. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's, that's first, a good one. <laughs> what's your first weed story? <laughs> okay, um, I was living in Irvine at the time, Irvine, California, and I was living in a community, a uh, very nice community. And there were community pools where you could just go to at certain times or, you know, from a, uh, yeah, until late, about like 10 p.m. And there was just one time I, me and my friend just traveled down to the pool and there were some other people there having like a little get together, a little kickback. And they had like this big hookah and 
they had like some alcohol but we didn't drink anything but we were just interested in like the big old pretty glass hookah that they had and, Damn. and it just ended up being like you know hashish you know hash hookah very nice That's setup been a minute for real, like I, I there's used, one hookah place in Long Beach that still has us. Like, man, I remember that was the I thing. I used to hit up hookah bars back in the day, Me like too. in like Huntington Beach. Yeah, Huntington Beach. I went there. Yeah, I think you're talking about. Okay. Yes, yeah, yeah. So I used to hit up places in Huntington Beach to do hookah. Like that was the thing to do. You go there. You go there with like, and like what either was the uh, Red Bull and vodkas, or you do like uh, just like energy. Everybody was into energy drinks and Lil Wayne at the time. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this is like 2009 the or so. I mean, I, when I was like the time when I was married, um, her brother-in-law would come and bring hookahs and we would just drink. Because he would just, I would not, there was days I would get off work and he, he would come, he was a security officer, he'd bring all his friends. He would bring like a big old hookah, we'd bring weed. <laughs> <laughs> I re- oh I would think like oh he's bringing some beers he would bring two twelve packs of Guinness I was like oh shit someone's gonna fart and it's gonna smell like coffee ew that's so nasty <laughs> so after the fact that uh, me and my homegirl smoked out we we walked back down to my pad and the first thing that I ate when I was high was those uh, really delicious cookies from the supermarket that are like really soft uh-huh. and so I, I just remember going in there and I ate like five of them or something <laughs> like holy crap oh like, man ooh, they were so good uh, so good my my first I can remember my first weed story when I got smoked that I'm gonna tell you and it's I'm gonna be honest I almost got shot oh oh so I was in I was in seventh or eighth grade and i me and my friends uh mike lawrence you know who you are justin lawrence guy lawrence josh renoso you know who you are tootie you know what's up i think i think he was there and mike Ayella, you know who you are i'm gonna call you guys out you know we were smoking out and i was faded i was faded i was faded the whole day and all of a sudden we're going to the mall, we're hooked, we're getting girls' numbers, whatever. We took the bus going back and we stopped at a park to go smoke weed. And I didn't know we met some other people and they were strapped up. And at the time in Modesto, in like in 92 to maybe 97, was pretty bad over there. A lot of gangs. Wow. And uh, people were getting shot up. And uh, I was high as fuck. And these three guys were just talking shit, like, what the fuck? And, I was high as fuck. My homies and some other people that I don't know, they put like, "What's up? You want to? You want to? You want to throw it down? Or you want to shoot it out?" And I was high as fuck. Mm-hmm. I'm like, "What the fuck?" And it was scary because they pulled out guns. They and the other people pulled out guns, and I was like, "Am I gonna get shot right here?" And I was high as fuck. And I was going through some stuff at the house, and my mom kicked me out, and I was just smoking out. And I got home. I was still faded still, and I remember that day because when I came home, my mom was worried. I was going through some stuff, and uh, that was the time my mom called the cops, and my aunt came, and there was some stuff I, I can't mention, but there was about 10, maybe 9 cops came over, arrested me. I was in, um, put me in juvenile hall. I was there for like maybe say four or five days let me out 
just God was going through some shit. I think because uh, at the time, you know, I was smoking weed, just being curious, seeing how we always are. But I think I was trying to not think about the situation what happened with my mom and my dad splitting up. And that's one of the reasons why that maybe maybe that's one of the reasons why now I smoke a lot because we always don't want to dwell on certain things in past and we always do you know but sometimes we can try to try to keep ourselves busy or this whatever you might hear music you might hear this but there's going to come a time it, it will come back and that's one that was my weed story I almost got shot because those two guys put a gun on me and I I and I wake up and I'm in I'm in juvenile hall. I was that fucked wow, up. Wow. I was that fucked up. That was my first weed story. <laughs> Oof. Story I'm, so, of my I'm life. surprised you still smoke weed, man. <laughs> but I do. But you know what? But you know what? Um, it's like one of those scared straight stories. <laughs> no, but you know I you know I smoke weed, but I like to do it at the house. I don't like to yes. do it because I'm, I want to be responsible. But it's like I can't be going hey let's go get smoked out and it's like how am i gonna drive back home thank god for lyft thank god for uber yes and all that stuff but um when when your childhood when you're you know getting older when you when you made that transition to high school how was it like you know you just was your high school life good would you go do some phases like were you emo were you 60s were you skater everyone go through some phases (laughs) I get you, I get you. Okay, uh, well, uh, from age 13, uh, I did start my first subculture with uh, the gothic subculture. Ooh, gothic. Yes. Hot topics. No hot topics. I did shop there, but only for a uh, certain kind of music that you couldn't find at a conventional that store. That is true. And in only some of their gear, because unfortunately their prices are, and probably still are out of range but at the time i mean for being a 13 14 year old person to afford something to buy from hot topic is I, you know, a, bit, you know, a bit out of out of bounds you know? unless there. you got like you you know 60 to you know 300 dollars to spend on like some nice like either if it be a dress or a top or a corset or a you know a pair of boots like boots boots are not cheap <laughs> uh in many styles and many forms not not you know not an inexpensive type of venture but um for the longest time and always i've been a person that shops at either thrift stores or secondhand stores and uh i always found the means to uh accommodate my my subcultures either through uh, things that I could just find nearby, either it be locally or um, secondhand stores. Um, I, you know, recently in in the past year, I've I've hit up a good uh, little store just around the corner where uh, there's like a carniceria and like a liquor store next to them. Just a little, you know, little tiny store that they have just like a bunch of stuff that you're like, oh well, you know, what a, what a gem. But the the whole means to that is that my my style has always reflected a lot more than what one would think as if I did have money it's just you have to have an eye for things and I think you know yeah and I witnessed that you have (laughs) you have an eye for things because I was we were talking and I was like 
that black shirt with the <laughs> lines. I was like, I want that. I could pull that off. Yes. Me and Mega Man were going thrift shopping and we mm-hmm. were at a vintage store and he, he fancied a really nice uh, western style long sleeve button front uh, shirt with with a yoke which is badass yeah like with a nice stitch yoke you know black and white contrast and he was telling me how how much he he wants that shirt with, with the current goal of his in mind that he, he wants a shirt like that to look good on him someday and and he will and that's what i'm doing and people uh i always been my weight's been always off and on so i'm gonna be working out slimming down and uh, I know a lot of be a, a lot of craft beer owners would be like fuck because I get free beers, and I have to cut that because you know it's nice to get free stuff, nice to drink for free. The calories they 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 count up. It's the hazy beers that you get bloated <laughs> and stuff. But you have you have style, and I and I notice on your Instagram, you have different you have you. I think you're the only person I know that you can pull off certain different types of styles. <laughs> well, uh, we'll get back to the subcultures then. Okay, so goth was the first one. I yes. got it all on a whole tangent of that. Okay. And then after that, uh, and it's sad to say, uh, parental units, meaning just parents have a problem with their kids sometimes during... Um, in certain subcultures because they don't really understand what they're doing it's like oh you're just dressing in black you look depressed like i'm just gonna take your clothes away and uh like you know <laughs> yeah for real like, that, that was... <laughs> remember, remember, remember baggy pants were the, remember remember baggy pants for the shit when first uh, i was wearing to... <laughs> baggy pants i was like take those off and i was like i i had some tight wranglers look like oh nut huggers i used to sag them and shit you see my butt cheeks and shit like okay so this is the day and age when you know parents used to take away their kids clothes or they burn them or they make fun of them Th- that they would type hide of them they would hide yes hide my them. mom and i had hide to go to counseling because she didn't like me wearing baggy pants but i think I, I i got my makeup stolen once you know like i'm like hey what, what the heck happened <laughs> like okay but right. now it's like style is style there's nothing you can do about it you can <laughs> if you if you if you're a parent and you try to take something away from that kid, you know that kid's gonna be super more rebellious now. Like fuck that. Yes. So after the the gothic subculture it had his nice ending because I had no choice at the time because I was like around fourteen, fifteen. I I turned around and I found uh, psychobilly. Psychobilly music, which is a, a, a mix of punk and rockabilly. Gotcha. So we got stuff that's kind of like more in the horror style. You got, you know, something more scary. I mean, if anybody likes to meme off anything like the Meteors, uh, uh, was it Frenzy? Uh, was it uh, Batmobile? Uh, Coffin Draggers? Uh, yeah, a lot of good ones. A what, lot of good what type psychobilly of, bands. What type of psychobilly bands were you listening to back then? Uh, or, exa- or now, oh, everything or now. that I uh, now. Uh, let's see, uh, Guana Bats. I'll oh. listen to. Uh, let's see who, uh, I've listened to Frenzy recently. That's Frenzy? a really good. Yeah, Frenzy's a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see who else. Uh, Tiger Arm. Mm, Tiger yeah. Army's a little too pop punk. I, I I like more of like the horror stuff. Uh, Oh, there's a, but here's the thing. This one's a little bit more like of a, like 60s garage uh, horror punk. They're called uh, Cult of the Psychic Fetus. 
that Ooh, one's a pretty good one. They they do like the still like kind of like the sound of like surfy rock, but it sounds more surfy like, rock. Yeah. You, oh, okay. <laughs> like man, I, I can I can further expand everybody on some so many surfy sub- rock. Well, it's okay. There's <laughs> like, like I said, there's so many subgenres to subgenres. There's a lot of things. genres. Yes. There's like okay, this is mixed it with this, or like I was hearing prayers. That's cholo goth. Yeah. Cholo new wave. I'm like shoot. Sh- uh, let's, like, let's see how the small ones out there. Shout out to let's see house rebels. Uh, shout out to uh, let's see uh, greasers. Um, Rockabillies. Uh, I don't know. Who else? I want to like, say, um, shout out to Ranting with Romos. He has a podcast, Ranting with Romos podcast, but he has another one he does um, with Punk Bug. It's called Songs That Will Save Your Life. For and, sure. And he has a certain genre. He just focuses on these are the type of music I like and everything. And it's, I'll, I'll send you the link. It's, it's, it's a podcast. And I was like, finally, a podcast where a person just plays certain ska music mm-hmm. certain like rockabilly music psychobelly yeah. i mean r&b but man it's just like i said like um your music is is just very unique and i think the music when when you when you listen to music that's where your style comes in with like oh i like this oh i like that because you know you talked about earlier you like you used to be a designer yes I, I used to attend the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising. Mm-hmm. I I graduated uh, from high school uh, from Irvine High School in two thousand six, uh-huh. and I actually was gonna go for two different types of potential degrees. Yes. So it was either fashion or film, and the my first one that I tried out for which was the fashion school I ended up getting in so I didn't even bother to (laughs) try out the LA film school but I I do like to (laughs) theorize like oh what would have happened if I just would have went to LA film and I think it would have been a lot more beneficial now (laughs) in my career but it just wasn't my direction but you you were still trying to figure it out Yes, uh, so after graduating, I did go uh, for an internship with a purse designer, uh, but unfortunately after that, it didn't really result in any job prospects, so I had to move on from that career. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and with that being said, my second career choice, uh, which ended up being uh, when I was married, was going to school to do medical assisting at Victor Valley College in Victorville, California. Medical assisting. Yes, and that was from 2015 to to 2017, Mm -hmm. about. Yeah, just like a two-year degree. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was a really good move as far as job, uh, you know, in demand. And uh, from the time that I went to school and when I decided to uh, leave the state to go start a little life and everything yeah. I, uh, I had a nice time nice career doing that I actually got to work for a nonprofit at one time they did a speech physical and occupational therapy for developmentally disabled uh, children to adults uh, that was very nice to work for them. It, they were an agency uh, that uh, was out of the town that I was working in in Arizona. Oh, wow. And it was a real honor to work for them. 
because not not only that I dealt with the 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 kids there that had developmental disabilities, uh, I had to also interact with the CPS cases. Oh, whoa. yes. So those are those are really hard to hear about. I but only from the outside because I I did their billing, so it's services that I had to you know bill for the company. So yeah. Um, but it's just. I had to be in the the crosshairs of those situations, <laughs> which is a, a little a little strange. But uh, I cannot tell you that I I had really unique and fun experiences with some of the kids there. <laughs> definitely, <laughs> like and but it was good because um, for for there to be like for instance for certain social situations and uh, developmental disabilities that they need to have social uh, interactions conversations with people so yeah. so if they're doing therapy there in the office then they would bring over the you know the patient or you know the person doing the therapy and they practice like oh talk to the office girl you know tell her what you know how do you say this and uh, they just learn conversation of just having to interact with different people rather than just hit like her or him with the teacher. Gotcha. It's 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 group interaction and like I I mean just indirectly having to be a part of that that was fun. That's awesome. Yeah, I, really fun because you you also see their development. It's like oh I, I couldn't understand you at first, but but then now like your, your language is a little bit more controlled, and so now we can have like a good conversation where I can have understanding yeah it's good it, like it gets it's it's always something you mm-hmm. know like with my son my oldest son has autism and uh it's hard sometimes to have a converse conversation with him but he gets it mm-hmm. it's just um you know it's he's, he's shy but he's lovable but i think it's hard for him to express the way he feels because of his stutteriness mm-hmm. and, but he he's he knows what to say he's just trying to you know say it yeah, That's yeah. That's I always tell my son, mm-hmm. take your time, you mm-hmm. know, take deep breaths. And he's doing it. He's like, because oh, he's so anxious. <laughs> but he's a good kid. I, and, you know, and that's the thing. I, I You know, there's... There's, there's a, a lot of kids in there also that they put them in there because uh, the parents don't have either the time or they think that there's something going on with them, but really they're not. Uh, I had one kid that, unfortunately... Uh, the parents would leave him there or like uh, yeah leave him there for an extended amount of time after his therapy session uh-huh. like they would forget to pick him up or something and I, I had to stay after hours at some point you know just to make sure hey they somebody came for him like oh, wow. yeah like it, just in that type of situation and it made me feel sad because I would interact with him and um and I say this, he had a very unique name. His name was Pharaoh. Pharaoh. His name was Pharaoh. And he, he really liked Transformers. And to be, he'd always play with his Transformers or, you know, his little cars or whatever. Or, you know, yeah. whenever until his parents got, got there. Mm-hmm. But I felt there was nothing wrong with him. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely nothing. I'm just like, why is this kid here? Well, like the parents are just want yeah, to take them here, whatever. It's messed up. I'm like, you know, I don't believe there's any cognitive or social like behavior going on here. I think he just needs attention, or he just needs to just interact with his brothers and sisters if he has anything. Hey, yeah, it, I, I no, yeah. I, I feel you on that, and it, it it really takes the right people, you know, 
to have patience, you know, and it's it's hard. I I had dealt with that at the beginning as I had no patience, but he's gonna be with me forever, you know. Is this sometimes in a way? It's gonna take a bigger person to really step up and be there, and you know, it's it's hard, you know. There's I get a lot of scrutiny because it's like well, people always tell me like, hey man, you know the kids supposed to be with their mom. Well, because we're in California, it's like well the kids should be you know better off whoever the kids stay with you know give me the mom and dad and now you're seeing more now um on i did been doing some research for the past you know two two or three years now because these covid times a lot of a lot of mothers are, are like abandoning or neglecting their kids and the kids are now seeing i see more of the kids going with their fathers now I see that a lot. Well, it, it, it might be in situations better off because uh, as society does not like to point out that there there are definitely unfit mothers out there that have real real issues going on. Mm-hmm. And, and we're not pointing them out that, you know, their behaviors or anything. It's just like real, real issues, like cognitive issues, physical issues, like dependency issues uh codependency issues uh job issues like whatever it may be like there's we cannot i mean i hate when people i guess put gender on on mental health i guess you know like everybody's everybody wants to put a cap on like there's no there's no problem but there's definitely a a problem yeah and uh, it's sad to say that you know the the men out there are being really um, taken for granted because you know they're you're not the only one who said that you're not the only one who said <laughs> well, that like uh, there's there's so many good men out there that are really good fathers and and they really are very supportive and hardworking for their children and I feel at at very many points there needs to be a little bit more acknowledgement mm-hmm. I mean. There's, we're always going to say there needs to be a spotlight on something but you know we're not trying to glorify any any of these situations because truly both situations are tragic it's it's always sad when a relationship ends and there has to be children in between people like just truly but but no matter what I believe that there's always true growth if some people, if they do have a separation, if they can come together for their children to put aside their differences and make it work and be able to just be there for their kids. Sometimes in a way, people use kids as pawns, like it's it's a chest. And you can't be doing that. It's like, be mutual. Like, you know, we're older, just say, okay, things things didn't work out, things didn't pan out, okay, let's do it for the kids, you know, but... Sometimes in a way, there's people who are going to be out there so childish, so stubborn, and I want to make you pissed off and depressed. Like, just stop. Just stop. Like, why? Why why do that for you? You're just hurting the kid more. That's true, Mega Man. Uh, there are a lot of people out there that are hurt, and they need to find it within themselves to recover from that. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, something where... That's what I had to deal with last year, and it was pretty ugly. But you know, seeing my son for the first time a couple of days ago was was a relief. 
but yeah, those are me, beautiful pictures you took. You know, he's, I mean, oh, that's Mr. <laughs> that's Mr. Still, your girl right there. <laughs> but uh, that's just something where it's like you just I just learn from it, Miss. You know, and you just move on. And I just like I said, I want to stay positive. I want to do good things for 2022. And and I notice I see you doing a lot for the community. Well, definitely aspiring to be involved in a lot more activities uh, involving uh, art, uh, communication, networking, Mm -hmm. uh, any brands out there that I've come to really appreciate, I want to support them further. Uh, It's really a venture that I want to be there more for people because I I feel that they really do need that support and at the same time um, find my, find my place in that because mm. that's really where I am at in this time is self discovery I'm I'm very much still on the path to hey see see where it goes from here mm. I see I and that's good I can see you going to the community. And I see some pictures like like painting little kids' faces. Well, that that's fun stuff because it's just one of those things you get to do that really you take just joy out of doing it. It, it wasn't anything where I was compensated for being there. I just showed up, and you know, if anybody wanted to, you know, show up and get their face painted, they just did so. And uh, I believe everybody should give back in some way or another. Because we, we take for granted that the people around us don't have anything to contribute to us as far as, like, uh, social, um, economical, financial, or even just being a support for your community. You don't believe that people can be out there to really be there for you. That's where I feel a lot of people have lost that. I, I mean, you think of back in the day people used to have a lot of black parties or people uh, like yeah. community events oh and, yeah you know just hanging out hey we're we're, ha- we're hanging out here in a location right now that like people used to hang out with just on a regular like you don't like, see the people, asadas over there you don't and, see people doing that anymore <laughs> never they're trying to because of the COVID and these mandates yes, and you know people I, staying home Yes, but that is something in my childhood I very much remembered. That was just something you saw on a regular. Like, you just go somewhere randomly. You walk to the park and people are, like, 10 different families are cooking. You know, everybody <laughs> fighting over the table, you know. Like, you got to be there at, like, 7 a.m. Or else you're going to be bitched at, at your, by your tia and shit. <laughs> I know. That, those were the good old days. Those <laughs> were the good old days. But, but little by little, everything's coming back. A lot of small businesses and everything. But uh, I want to get to this next one because this is where a lot of people are going to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> so uh, I'll be honest and I'll be frank. I think at the time last year I was going through some stuff. I wasn't really looking for anything. And um, I, I don't know what happened. There was, uh, you know who you are, Gay Cupid. Um, uh, that's a little. We'll, we'll, we know who you are. Well, that's we can't, we can't, we can't shout him out, but we know who you are. And um, he was playing Cupid on social media on the Mega Man's podcast, and um, something just happened. It flared up, and a lot of people want to know, like, Mega Man, are you single? Mega Man's not single anymore. Mega Man is taken by someone who I'm interviewing right now. 
You've heard it. Exclusive. Nobody can put that motherfucking hands on that man, okay? <laughs> and I was, like I said, I wasn't looking for it. It just happened. And uh, I just want to say, I mean, you weren't looking for it either, right? Hell no. I, I was a lost lamb. I'm, I was thinking that I was, like, having something or, like, going through something. But really, it, sometimes supplementing for, for other things doesn't mean that it's supposed to result in the permanent. Yes. And I there is a lot of things we had in common. And it, it made us get into some deep conversations and stuff. And uh, it, I was like... How often where you have you meet a person and everything's perfect, everything lining up perfect, perfect, and it's like fuck, it's like it's like a unicorn. How rare is it to find a good guy or it could be a good girl? You know how rare is that? You know and uh, is shit shit happen and you know you learn from the past and you you know think about the present and the future and. Uh, you know, for me and you, we take it one day at a time. And it, to me, it's something where I feel relieved. Like I told you, I haven't been, ha- and I'm 41. And I haven't been so happy since I was like the age of 27 or 28. And when I was telling you that I was trying to find my heart because of how I used to be when I was like 17 or 18, used to be romantic. But at the times in those years, I was dating women who were very cold-hearted, assholes or this, whatever, and my heart w- w- was gone. It was it was like cold, I, and I wanted to get that that heart back where it used to be warm, and that's what I've been doing and learning myself more, learning what I did wrong in the past. That it it would never. Is for for other words, I had to break a cycle. To end the cycle, to start a new cycle, something fresh. And you changed a lot of things. And I don't say that, I don't say that to a lot of people, but I just want to say thank you. Well, I really do appreciate everything that we've experienced with each other in the short amount of time we came to know about each other. Although this story is short it has not felt like something that has been so short I I cannot describe anything more than uh, like if all the little puzzle pieces are fitting in the right areas I I can't describe anything more than just you know there's something that just so organic with, with what we have that it is a bit scary because I almost feel like I, I, at times I'm looking like a mirror image of myself, but, but a bit of a person that's either a lot more aware, little have maybe a little bit more experience in other areas, but at the same time, so glad, and I expressed this to you like a week and a half ago, I said, I'm so glad that you have not been so broken down that you have not been able to receive love again in your life it took some time and that's hard too really hard it it, uh sometimes in a way when you go through a lot of relationships and stuff that happens it just comes with experience and 
you're gonna see what works and what not works but it's just something where it's like a lot of people i always say you know when these covid times happen you're gonna see a lot of people divorcing because they're so used to being work and spending a little time and that's it but when these covid times happen when they're staying home and they have to see he or her face every day it must have got to the point they got annoyed and that's where a lot of divorce rates came up a high mm-hmm. a lot of infidelity and cheating was an all-time high mm-hmm. suicide depression anxiety trust issues this whatever i saw a lot of that stuff and it made me a little scared because if i ever end up was going to be in a relationship i wanted to really get that shit out because i don't want to dwell on the past of my past relationship for this relationship absolutely I, and i i don't want that yeah like it's kind of good to tell people situations for that person to understand what he or she is going through and what their flaws and what what to say what not to say or even a line not to cross right because you respect that person and you don't want to go over that person's boundaries yes because i feel if you go over that person's boundaries that's where little by little the love is not going to be there no more the trust is not going to be there resentment resentment Mm -hmm. and i feel like i do not I don't want I don't want to lose that and that's where sometimes I have to bite my tongue because sometimes I'm very too blunt and if I have something good I don't want to lose that and I know to me you're like I know it's, it's been a short amount of time but I feel like a lot of people don't know this who's gonna hearing people don't know the stuff that we talk and we sit down and we have a conversations and uh, we have some deep moments deep talk deep talk moments and it feels like we need to have these because it's gonna make our communication stronger in our in our our relationship absolutely on that note i wanted to add uh the conversation that i was a little bit hesitant on having on this podcast was in regards to my past relationship yes in a nutshell same as me too same as me too same as me too like the here's the thing this person that i once knew at one time i believe that i i fell in love and became infatuated with the initial version of this person and then along the way this person ended up fizzling and fading out that from underneath that I can see this whole other individual that I came to not like very much and it ended up just really eating at me inside and I I felt that this person was uh, obsessive they were compulsive and controlling and manipulative Uh, and at most times uh the and i will say the narcissistic personality of it's never their fault it's always my fault and it it became such a like i I call it like a washing machine of thinking you know like the rinse cycle is just constantly on it's like constant either mental abuse you know or 
you know, things didn't go their way, so they're just going to go on a rant of something, even though it's just not your fault. Or, you, just, you, know. you just hit it right there, because that was the same shit I was going through last year, and it hurts, and, but, whew, that's the best. Because we were both the ones hung out to dry, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, yes, the people want to say... And I mean, I don't know stories in and out, but sometimes suffering on one side can only be so handled such lightly because, you know, you want to be empathetic for the person that you went through with that. Yep. Mm -hmm. But that there's an extent where like, I'm just being a little bit too nice and I'm being a little bit too, too, too much of extending myself that I'm like... And you know, hey, and you know I'll, what? I'll, I'll be responsible. And for I was it. like that. Too. And you know what? And I'm guilty of that. I was like that too. I was too fucking nice. And sometimes, in a way, you gotta. What we talked about earlier, there has to be a balance. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't be too nice to everyone, and that's where people can take advantage of that. Because you, you know, and but I get it. But hey, past is the past. We're together. Yeah. You make me happy. I make you happy. Absolutely. And. Uh, I like you a lot. I care about you. And uh, after the podcast, we're going to get some food right now. Get oh, some drinks. Yes. And we're going to go dancing. We're going to go dancing. We're going to have a nice Saturday time. it's Saturday night. Saturday love. <laughs> Damn, man. <laughs> I think we should just end it right there. So we're getting to the end. And I just want to say, Ashley, thank you for coming on the Mega Mass podcast. And this is not going to be the last do you have any last words or any shout outs? Uh, yes, I have a shout out to Deanna Molay, uh, all the crew in the Ghetto Busters, um, Falcon Pictures, Trick Six Films, uh, Freddie Falcon, Danny Falcon, everybody that worked on casting crew in Ghetto Busters, and any upcoming series uh, regarding my mother, uh, Vengeance, and uh, the product. Uh, expect- the product is a really good series uh, human trafficking is mm. a very important subject that we must be all aware of oh, so yeah. th- that's something you you should catch the product absolutely um any shout outs to uh, all, everybody out there that has been watching me i appreciate you i i do truly feel at one time i was lost and had had almost deemed myself having no more identity and I really had to reach out within myself to to find the light within me to get out of my situation to find myself again it wasn't easy still isn't easy I work every day to to go through everything that has occurred in my life but I do encourage everybody out there just to keep going and keep aspiring to do everything that they love and continue to love the ones around you because they do appreciate you Mm, that's good that's super good and i think on that note we're gonna end that right there and um i just oh and where can everyone follow you at uh you can follow me at babsy which is b dot a dot p dot (laughs) S S underscore C. All right, follow her. (laughs) You know, I was thinking S as in as in Stephen. Maybe I'm just a little too enamored. Someone, uh, (laughs) I I got something. 
I got D on the brain, y'all. Oh, she got the she's gonna get the, she's gonna get the D, all right. So everyone, um, follow her on Instagram. Also follow her. <laughs> follow the Mega Man's podcast. Um, also my personal page at Mega Man Six Ninety Zero. Um, shout outs. I want to give a shout out to everyone. I hope everyone's um, has a blessed 2022. Good things to come on the Mega Man's podcast. Um, Shouts to my my kids, Gavin, Alex, Emiliano, uh, my daughter, my daughter Luna. Daddy loves you, and and to all the hardcore listeners. And um, just I'm gonna tell you guys and ladies, I'm gonna tell you this: Mega Man's gonna fuck shit up on the podcast 2022, man. And Joe Rogan, if you're fucking hearing this. I'm coming. Number one, number one, make I'm, a man get it. I'm you coming. hear it? I'm coming. He's coming. I'm coming. We're coming up, baby. I'm coming. You better be ready. And you know, like when I'm when I'm coming, I'm gonna I'm gonna make my presence known. And and you know, I know there's been a lot of podcasters been coming and going. I seen just alone forty six podcasters this year alone just quit already. If you're a future podcaster, don't quit. Keep on grinding. Don't give up. Don't worry what people are going to say. Just keep on fucking grinding and just promote and just get out there, man. Just have fun. Like Joey Cucudia said to me, Megan, man, just have fucking fun on the podcast. All right? Stay blessed. I love you guys. Megan, man, and Ashley, we're out. We're hungry. Out. Peace. Later. Later. Late.